Welcome to Life Church today. I'm Aaron Cole, the senior pastor. It's good to see you. If you have your Bible, if you want to turn to Daniel chapter 4, I'm going to get there in just a minute. Daniel chapter 4. This weekend, we're talking about fairness, and I want to kind of recommend a, a resource to you that's kind of been a catalyst or a framework for this weekend's talk. It's a book called uh, It Came From Within by Andy Stanley. And uh, actually, if you were at uh, the um, uh, Married Life Live a couple months ago, we actually gave it. We gave out like 50 copies of that book uh, that, uh, to uh, all the couples that were there. And so, because uh, we're talking about fairness. And, and when I got to think about this whole thing on fairness, one of the things I began to remember is, is as a kid growing up, my, I had a younger brother, I have a younger brother that's two years younger than me. And the big thing for us is uh, we were highly competitive. I don't know if you had siblings or not or whatever and how that worked in your life, in your world. But for me, it was highly competitive. And we would always kind of fight over things. And one of the things we fought over was who got to sit in the front passenger seat. So whoever got through the threshold of the door first that said, I get to sit beside the side door in the front seat, got to sit beside the side door in the front seat. That's how we called it. And if you got to sit beside the door in the front seat, and you can say it, and, and, and then your brother would say, man, you got to do that last time. That's not fair, right? Or if you happened to be home when mom was going to the store, which meant you got to pick out your own cereal, right? Or when dad was going to the hardware store, uh, and uh, you got to be there, and you get back, and they're like, where were you at? I was with mom. I was with dad. That's not fair. Or you got the last cookie, the last piece of pie, the last piece of cake. We like to eat a lot of my, my family. That's not fair. And my dad would always say, son, life's not fair. Remember that? Get a little bit older, and all of a sudden you're a teenager, and, and, and you don't make the team, or, or you don't make the cut, or, 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 or you ask the girl out and she says no. Or like I had a best friend, Walter Macy. His grandparents were loaded, or so it seemed at the time, and they bought him everything he wanted. And I would go and say, man, that's not fair. To which my dad would always say, Aaron, life's not fair, right? Some of you had the same dad I did. And then as I became an adult, young adult, I'm out of college and married, and, you know, things are tight. Money's tight. I want to get to a level I can't get to, and I want to provide things I can't provide for, and, and ministry's tough and things. And so I'd call home, right, just to kind of check on my folks. That was my disguise. And my mom would answer the phone. She's the compassion connection. And she would get on the phone and, and she would, how are you doing? What's going on? And I'd begin to tell her. And then my dad would get on the other line and he would say, well, son, if it's so tough in the ministry, they're hiring at the factory. And then I'd hear him say, just remember, life's not fair. Anybody else? Life's not fair. We've heard that. We have heard that. We've been taught that. But something about that statement, we just kind of go, ah, yeah. But there's got to be this level. There's got to be this place. There's got to be this where life kind of gets fair. I mean, at a certain age or certain point, or uh, life should be fair. And the reality is, is that life's not fair. And this word fairness is basically adult code word for jealousy. Now, just follow with me today. Fairness, when we say life's not fair, that's really code for jealousy. We may not admit it, we may not say it out loud, but we feel it every time somebody else gets the promotion, somebody else gets the new car, somebody else gets the new house, somebody else gets engaged, somebody else goes on a family vacation. We just kind of say on the inside, 
that's not fair. And there's something about that. And we play the fairness card. Well, my husband works just as much as he does. Well, my kids study just as hard as they do. Well, I'm just as attractive and have just as much as to offer as she does. And we just kind of play this. And here's the reality about fair. We really don't want fair. We just want more. Think about it. We don't want fair. We want more. We want to make just a little bit more than that person does. We want to live just as good as they do. We want to have a job just with as much power, just as much as much zing. We want something just a little bit nicer. And the weird thing about jealousy is even if you had more, you wouldn't be better off. Because here's the, here's the reality to it. Fairness is not a circumstance issue. It's a heart issue. Fairness, life's not fair, is a is not a circumstance issue, it's a heart issue. Let me explain this. Even if you had more, you would still be jealous. It would just shift to another person because there's always someone ahead of you. There's always someone better, faster, smarter. There's always another, another level. And we think with this whole deal, well, circumstantially, you know, it's this person. That's the reason why I don't get ahead. And this person, that's the reason why we don't have this. And it's this person. It's their fault. It's their fault. And we began to get into this fairness trap. And that is, I think that you are my problem. I really think that you are my problem. Whether it's my brother, he gets to sit beside the side door in the front seat, or it's my friend, Walter, who his grandparents are fat and assy loading, get him everything he wants, or it's just life. You're my problem. And if I could deal with you, if you weren't at the company, if you didn't live in the neighborhood, if you weren't in the carpool line, if you weren't in my class, if you weren't in my trig class, I would be so much better off because somewhere along the line, I think if I can distance myself from you, somehow it'll be okay. And then we began to play the blame game. If it wasn't for so-and-so, if it wasn't for this, if it wasn't for that. And really think about it. What makes a person feel better when they're jealous? You ever thought about that? When you fail, I feel better about myself. When you fail, when you don't succeed, I feel better about myself. You know, it's stuff like she put on weight. Hey, you know what? Uh, he didn't get the promotion after all. Yeah, they didn't get into that new house. Ah, yeah, their kids, they had to pull them out of private school. On the inside of you, 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 you feel these things. Now, some of you are looking at me like, no, no, say it's not so, Joe. Hey, let's just, it's just all us. It's just real. Some of us are going to be really real. Some of us, it may take a while to marinate on this because we've learned the right way to respond, haven't we? Because we don't want anybody to know our issue. And the right way to respond is, I'm so sorry. You know, um, is there anything I can do to help? <laughs> You're laughing because you know it's true. You know, and I love, I mean, the big, the big Christian line. You may know this one. I'll be praying for you. But on the inside, you're doing cartwheels. You're jumping up and down because you're like, yes, the person that's just ahead of me, the person at the, the, this, and it's, it's wrong. It's so wrong, but we deal with this and we code it with life's not fair. It's just not fair. And we feel it as a child. We deal with it through adolescence. We deal with it into adulthood, but we never really stop and think why and what. So I, I want to take a moment and I just want to kind of illustrate this point. 
I hope I don't make anybody mad, uh, uh, but, uh, but I want to illustrate this point. And so here's what I want to do. I, I have iPod shuffles. We're giving away iPod shuffles every service. So here's what I need to know. If you don't own an iPod shuffle and you'd like to have an iPod shuffle, just simply lift up your hand, and I've got some people that will help me. So help me right now. I just need three people. These guys, uh, Bill and Kevin, are going to help me. Just come real, real quick. Three people, iPod shuffles. Just keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. They're, he's, they're, they're getting them. Really quick, really quick. Come right on down. They're going to help you. We're going to come right on up here, and uh, we're going to have this for you. All right, right here. Just come right up here. Just stand right up here, guys. We got it. We got three. Thank you. I'm sorry. Those three people, I'm sorry, still right, had their hands up. Oh, I want one. Okay, right here. Just stand right here. Everybody, give me your name. John. John. Matt. Matt. Marge. Marge. You guys doing good? Mm-hmm. You ready for an iPod shuffle? Good. So glad you asked, because here it is, iPod shuffles. Just like I just start there. I want you to open it. Just open it right there for everybody. Rip it all open. We're not going to save the wrapping paper, whatever. It doesn't matter. You throw it on the floor. It doesn't matter. I want you to open it. And I want you to show everybody what, what you got. John, I want you to still go first right here. What'd you get, John? Oh, you got an apple. Oh, wow. And Matt, you got a $10 iTunes gift card. And you got an, you got an iPad shuffle. I got it. Wow. No, 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 no. You got to stand right here. No, no, no. You can't go anywhere. Don't get mad. Now, now, here's the deal. Here's the deal. If everybody got the same, we'd all be like, oh, great. And the only people that really be upset are the people that I had my hand up. I looked right at Kevin, and he didn't pick me, right? And, and, and the reality, don't eat it right now. You've got to save it. Okay, you can wait till you get back to your seat. But, 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 but the deal is, and, and here's the deal, and, and, but everybody's kind of looking, and, and John's probably going, man, I got, I got an apple. Uh, you're hungry? I, I don't need an apple, right? And Matt's like, well, great, I got $10. It's better than... Yeah, that's right. You sure do. So, so, and, and then, you know, and, and so Matt's got this card and he's like going, well, at least I didn't get the apple like John. And then Marge's going, yeah. And, 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 uh, yeah. And then Marge has, uh, has some support back there that's really excited about that. So, um, so here's the, but here's the reality. What they're all thinking is, is this, does Aaron know what was in each one of those boxes? And the answer is, yeah, I knew what everybody was getting. So now it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Maybe he's playing fair. Why did he give it to Mark? Maybe she's, she's, she's a lady. Maybe that would be fair. Maybe, well, John's probably thinking, well, dude, I know him. I mean, he, we've talked and hung out, and, and that's the last time my wife does set designs for the church because he gave me a stinking apple. Matt's just glad he didn't get the apple. And, and here's the reality. And, and what, here's what we all think when we, when we sit here for just a second. Why? Why did Aaron decide to do it this way? And those of you that are watching at the West Campus, you're really ticked because you raised your hand and realized it's just a screen. You can't even win anything. You don't like to be like John. Give these guys a big hand. Thanks, guys. And, 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 and here's the bottom line. You're, you're now saying, well, wow, are you really going to let John go home with an apple? I mean, that's... Not fair. When I was talking to the staff and the creative team, and we're talking, yeah, he's going home with an apple. And, and when, really, and, when, and when, when we were talking, they were like, you're really not going to do that, are you? I mean, you really, and, I, and it's like, yeah, that's the whole point. And then, and then you know, the, well, what about West Campus? I mean, they don't even, yeah, they don't even have a chance. You're talking about not fair. It, that really stinks for them. And, and the reality is, it's all to illustrate a point. Because if you're mad at anybody, you're not mad at John or at Marge or at Matt. You're mad at me. And you're going, well, he even, thank you. 
Thank you, Matt. He even knew that was a situation. And why did, and, and what, and here, here, here's, here's the bottom line. Our real fairness issue is an issue with God. When you're talking about fairness, it's an issue with God. And here's the issue. You think God owes you. When you really get down to it, when you really strip off the varnish, when you really get honest about it, you think God owes you. God owes me that kind of wealth. God owes me that kind of parents. God owes me that level of IQ. God owes me that body. Because you think somewhere along the way, God ripped you off. Because if God had power and control, my life would be different. You've never thought of it like that way because you just like to say it like, well, it's, life's just not fair, and, and it's not fair, and you're blaming somebody else, but you're, really your issue isn't them, it's God. And if you're mad that John's going to go home with an apple instead of an iPod, your issue's not with John or with Marge who's getting the iPod or with Matt who got the iTunes card. It's with me, jerk. And at the end of the day, you go, hey, that's the issue. And, and here's the deal. Because in the same thing, way with God, you think, well, God could have given me a different family. God could have located me to a different city. God could have helped my, and prevented my health from going into decline. God could have kept my marriage together. God could have, have given my kids a, a more smarts, a higher IQ. Uh, God, God could, have, could have kept me from the accident. Because when God was doling out gifts, you got an apple instead of an iPod. And that's just not fair. Let me give you a statement. And I hope you don't get mad. And you may really have to marinate on this one for a while. But God never claimed to be fair. God never claimed to be fair. Whoa. You see, God created a fair, jealous, free world. It's called the Garden of Eden. Read Genesis chapter 1, 2, and 3. And you find the, the uprising and the downfall of the Garden of Eden. God wanted us, humanity, to live in a world where there was no jealousy, no envy, no anger, no rage. In a world that was fair. That's part of the reason why, from childhood, we say all the time, that's not fair. And our parents respond with, life's not fair. Because from their experience, they've understood. You need to understand this from an early age. We have no problem telling our kids, life's not fair. And you as from an early age say, hey, yeah, that's not fair. And we look at these things. And at some point we think, well, well, why is that? Well, because the Bible said basically that sin entered the world through man's choice. And when man chose to disobey God, he chose to live a life. That was not fair. And when that happened, when sin entered the world, that fair, jealous, free Garden of Eden life was gone and disappeared from the planet forever. Daniel chapter 4, verse 35 speaks of God. He does as he pleases. With the powers of heaven and the peoples of this earth. And no one can hold back his hand or say to him, What have you done? It's a fascinating study on the life of Daniel 
and, and, and the pagan king and, and pagan kingdoms that he interacts with through his life. And they come to this realization that God never claimed to be fair. God hasn't distributed gifts fairly either. Second, First Chronicles chapter 29, verse 12. First Chronicles chapter 29, verse 12. Wealth and honor come from you, God. You are the ruler of all things. And in your hands are strength and power to exalt and to give strength to all. Look at the next statement. To whoever you choose to give it to. So whenever you begin thinking that life's not fair and that somebody else is your problem, you need to stop and realize that your problem's not with them, it's with God. Because you think God owes you something. Because you think that God ripped you off. Whether we want to admit it in public or not, whether we want to have decorum about it or not, and if we don't deal with these, these feelings, if we don't deal with these issues, they will grow, they will fester, uh, they will ooze out of you like some hideous slime, and they will affect you and everyone around you. Why don't you think about two statements I'm going to give you. First of all, fairness is dangerous because it shapes our attitudes towards other people. Fairness or jealousy is dangerous because it shapes our attitudes towards other people. You cannot love people around you if these are your emotions every time you see them. If you look at someone as the object of why you are not where you are, as a person that's kept you from, that God's blessed them and he hasn't blessed you, you will never be able to, to deal with people correctly because it will shape this life's not fair. It's not fair. Jealousy issue that you really have with God. Unless you deal with it, it'll affect all of the relationships that you have because you drive by that house and you go, that's the person that's keeping me from being such and such. Or you go walk through your office and go, that's the guy that's keeping me from getting promoted. That's the gal that's keeping me, keeping me from getting my, my pay raise. That's the reason why. That's the kid that, that, that's taking the spot on the team. That's the person that sets the bell curve in the class. That's the reason why. They're my problem. They're my issue. That's the deal. It's my dad. My dad did me wrong a long time ago. It's my mom. My mom left us and she left us like this. It's my, ex it's my ex-husband or my ex-wife. They're the reason why. If they hadn't done... And the second statement is that fairness is dangerous because it becomes a barrier between you and your relationship with God. You cannot give or receive from God if you think God owes you. Never really thought about it like that before, Aaron. I just thought it was Charlie, or I thought it was Sally, or I thought it was so-and-so. We never think it's us. Because again... Really, when it gets down to it, we don't want fair, we want more. Because if you want to look at what's fair and equitable in the world, it would mean that you and I would not be living at the level in which we live at because you put us in comparison with six billion other people on the planet. We are so blessed that it would reduce us down from running water and electricity and, and, and the educational standards that we have. Because you don't think your life's not fair? Hey, is Christianity fair? No. It's not. It's not fair that I or my kids will be raised in a church where they will hear so much about God that at some point in time you just kind of go, I don't know if I really want to do this God thing. I'm kind of tired of God and that kind of a deal. 
When you've got other children in the world that are sold into sex, sex slaves and sex slavery and sex trafficking. It's not fair. It's not fair that I'm raised in all this and I hear all this or that you know more about the gospel than most people around the world do. There are people that have yet to hear the name of Jesus Christ and if they've heard it, they really don't completely understand it. There are people around the world that don't even have a complete Bible. It's not fair. Well, man, Aaron, I mean, you know, you're really throwing some heavy-duty stuff because you're saying that God never claimed to be fair and that Christianity isn't fair. No, it's not fair, but it's the truth. It's not fair that God would have to clean up the mess of humanity when humanity decided, hey, I want to do what I want to do. And some of you go, yeah, but I had a professor at University of such and such, and they said that Adam and Eve was some fictitious way that, that Christianity came up with. There's really no way that you could biologically produce 6 billion people on the planet in that period of time period because they've done the calculations, and they're just simply more of a mythological type of character that just kind of, you know, they just kind of show something. Just really for more simple-minded people that need a crutch that follow Christianity. Well, the reality is, is that regardless, who's to, who defines what fair is? Do you define it? Do I define it? Does a kid in a war-torn nation in an emerging third world country who has no parents define what fair is? Hey, go to your factory, go to your company, go to the, your place of business and get everybody in the room and put all of the compensation on a list. And just say, hey, we're going to define what's fair. How long do you think you're going to stay in that conference room? How many weeks? How many months? I mean, come on. There are four people that live in my house, and two of us make all the rules, and we can't even decide where to go to dinner. You think you're going to be able to define what's fair? And fair? What's really fair? Fair to you? Fair to the world? Who died and made you God? Who died and made me God? I mean, really, in the eschaton of time, in my little finite, limited point of view, I have no real way to have a big enough worldview to really define what fair is. And quite frankly, when I look at my life compared to somebody else's, it's probably a little bit more fair than they are. Because I'm really hung up on, this person did me wrong, or this happened, or I didn't get this promotion, I didn't get make this team, I didn't get this, I didn't get accepted here or there or wherever. But really, there are people that don't have clean drinking water in the world. There are people that don't have a place to sleep now. There, there are kids that go to bed without any food to eat. There, there are people that are sold into sex trafficking. So my fair issues is a completely different fair issue to that person. So then all of a sudden we go, what do we do with it? How do we rectify this? I'm going to give you three things that I think may help in the process of dealing with this issue. Because here's the bottom line. You and I cannot define fairness, nor can any other person on this planet, because we have a personally biased position that can never be truly objective. Secondarily, in all of that, even though that, that God never claimed to be fair, he cleaned up a mess through giving his only son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins and our transgressions. Because he wanted to redeem us or save us from this sin-sick, jealous-filled, envy-greedy world that we live in. And although we will never be removed from here until God does away with this world according to Revelation. And he establishes a new heaven and a new earth where sin will not be able to invade uh, or get in or be able to exist in any shape or fashion. And only truly then will we have a jealous, free fair world. And the person that paid the price for it wasn't even the person 
that committed the sin. God didn't commit the sin. Jesus didn't commit the sin. Yet God loved you and I so much that he gave his only son to die on the cross for our sins. Why? Because God loved us. Is that fair? No, there's nothing fair about it. When you look at Christianity, it's completely inequitable. And even if I am like Mother Teresa, perfect, Billy Graham, excellent in God, my righteousness are as a filthy rags inside of a holy God. That's what every Christ follower on this planet believes, that I on my best days can't measure up. It's not fair, but it's the truth. So the first thing I would say, if you're trying to reconcile this issue that you deal with and that I deal with, called code word fairness for jealousy, is first, acknowledge and embrace the truth that I think God owes me. At least be honest. Do you really think I can say that to God? I mean, will he like strike me down? You know, you probably have done worse things than just say, God, I think you owe me. I mean, if you want to strike you down, he's probably got better things. I mean, you don't really, honestly, I, I know in my life. And the Bible says we can. Hebrews chapter 4. If you have a Bible, turn there. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. The Bible says, let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence. So that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Why? Verse 15 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet without sin. God knows how you feel. Whether you admit it, whether you own up to it, whether you can even let those words roll off your tongue, he knows your heart. He knows my heart. And the only way to deal with that issue in our life of fairness is to give it to him and to say, God, my issue really isn't with my boss. It's not with the economy. It's not with this person. It's with you. Because I know if you're God, you can do what you want to do. And the Bible very clearly says in 1 Chronicles and in Daniel that you do what you want to do and that there, you do as you please. And I don't get it and I don't understand it. And quite frankly, I think I've been rip-gypped off and that you owe me something. And you're the reason why I'm in the situation. He already knows. He already gets it. He already knows that's how you feel. And if you're going to blame it on somebody, blame it on someone that has the ability to change it. Hey, it's not Matt's fault that John got an apple. It's not Marge's fault. It's me. If you're going to blame it on someone, blame it on the person who has, the, who has the ability to change it. Blame it on the person who put it that way in the first place. Blame it on that. And you go, man, I have so many questions right now. Join the club. <laughs> when I get to heaven, there are more questions. That you say, maybe we could talk about this theologically. No, 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 no. This is like a termite and a yo-yo issue. We're just going to go round and around and around. Because the bottom line is there are just some things we don't understand because we're finite and we're limited. And we see life from our own perspective, but God sees us in the eschaton of time from before time began until, until the end of time. He, it's beyond us, and he sees how all of this fits together. And some of you may say, that's the reason why I've never given my life to Christ. Because first of all, I don't know if I can really believe the whole Adam and Eve thing. And secondly, even if I did, then how can a loving, caring God care, allow that to happen? And, and third of all, I just don't think it's fair. I'd encourage you to look at it. 
I'd encourage you to stop sometime in the next 24 hours before you go back to work or back to school on Monday. And just get alone and say, God, I got issues. He knows it. I have questions. I really think that you owe me and that I've been done wrong and that this isn't fair. But understand, he didn't create it. But he did something to change it. He did something to redeem us from the curse of sin and death, a.k.a. fairness. And his name is Jesus. And it's by faith, not through intellect, that you're saved. Now, I'm not telling you to check your brains out the door. I'm just telling you, at some point in time, you got to quit putting a question mark where God puts a period. You've got to quit just going, there's some things we don't get, we don't understand. Join the club. But it's by faith that we're saved. It's by grace that we're saved through faith, and that not of ourselves. It's a gift of God, lest any of us would boast. It's by me putting my faith on God and believing in His Son, Jesus Christ, that He's the way, the truth, and the life. Is it fair? No. Did you cause sin to enter the world? No. Is that fair? No. But it's the truth. Tell them. The second thing I would say is confess and apologize for your issue over fairness or jealousy, however you want to call it. It's the same thing. Whoa, let's rewind the tape. I mean, if you have made a person the object of your fairness frustration, go and apologize. You, you mean to tell me, Aaron, you want me to like go to somebody and say, hey, I've really had some issues with you because I feel like that you're blessed and I'm not. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. That's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. But the Bible's full of crazy stuff like that. Because if you really want to be free where things don't stick to you, you want to Teflon your spirit, let me tell you how to do it. Just be honest. Be honest to that person. Be honest to that ex-spouse. Be honest to that parent. Be honest to that individual. Be honest to your brother or your sister that you feel like got a better shape. Because what it's doing, it's controlling you. It is, it's got a vice grip on you. And the only way to free that is for you just to confess it to God. And then if you need to, go confess it to somebody else. Maybe you don't. Maybe you got an issue with everybody. Maybe, maybe you're just like one of those people like they've been drowned in prune juice. You know what I'm saying? Just all... Maybe just the fact that you have a smile, everybody goes, wow, they're okay now. Well, I don't know what was wrong, but boy, I'm sure glad whatever it is is over. And the last thing, the third thing, is develop a habit of celebrating people that you tend to be jealous of. You want to kill it in the future? You want to put Roundup on that? Every time you feel that monster of jealousy, that that's not fair. I get to sit beside the side door in the front seat. You got to sit beside the side door in the front seat in the last time. That's not fair. F- feeling? Just celebrate. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, really, you go ahead. Just celebrate. Just celebrate their promotion. Celebrate their home. Celebrate, celebrate their new car. Celebrate their engagement. But you don't know how many times I've been the bridesmaid and not the bride. Just 
Celebrate it. And don't allow the jealousy to come in and to steal, kill, and destroy from you. And be honest. Because celebration is what breaks the habit of jealousy. Now, I want to pray for you today. And I want to say something before I pray. Because I'm not going to going to say, hey, if you're here today and you need to give your heart and life to God and you want to make some things right with Him, here's what I want you to do. And, and we're going to pray this prayer because I think that would be trite in this moment because really, quite frankly, I've given you a lot to think about. I've never heard a pat besides Andy Stanley dealing with the subject, I've never heard this subject ever dealt with. And if I'm really honest with you, I mean, I, you know, there's no gross immoral sin in my life that would keep me or disqualify me from pastoring this church. Um, man, I have to deal with this stuff. I think if we really get honest, we all do. Because what happens is, is that you just kind of go, that's not right. That's not fair. And it's not about being fair or right or wrong. It's about how it affects me. That person was rude to me. That's uncalled for. That, 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 they, 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 they didn't handle their, their service department in the correct way. Or, or they had a faulty deal and this is how they treated me. Or, or that teacher, they just have it out for me. And that's just not fair. And, 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 and all of a sudden, all these people become the object of our reason of why we're not, didn't make the A, didn't work together, didn't happen, whatever. And the issue is us. The issue is, is that we really have an issue with God. And instead of taking it to God and going, God, why did this happen? Why did I lose my job? Why did this happen? Why is this happening? Because some of you may even look at somebody else in the room and go, man, I wish I had their life. And that's not fair. God, I've been serving you and that's not fair. You could have prevented this, that, and the other. And that's not fair. And we could put it, we start putting question marks where God puts periods. About three months ago in, in my own life, just to be honest and transparent, um, just dealing with this issue. Frustrated. Why this isn't happening? Where it's happening with that? Why not this? Why that? This and that. And just kind of in a funk. Just me. Not anybody else. And I was having just a time with the Lord where I was just getting it all out. See, I believe in being candid with God. I believe in talking to God the way I'm talking to you. That's how I pray. I don't have one of those polished prayer lives that, Oh, Father in the affirmative of the heavens. We give us thou prayest today. I don't even talk like that. I mean, I, I, it's like I'm going to have a list or something. I, I don't even like that. I, I just, I'm just like, God, here's what's going on. I'm frustrated. I feel like that I've done X, Y, Z. You ever done that with God? And you, uh, oh, don't strike me down, Lord, me. And it was like the Lord was just saying, get it all out. Tell me what you think. I've been doing, and God, where are you on your end of the bark? And it was like the Lord just let me just go and go and go. And are you done with it? Are you done with your rant? You got it all off your chest? And then the Lord began to very, very sternly just speak to my heart. That still, small voice. Your issue is with me, not with these people. And you have to, at some point in time, quit putting question marks where I put periods. Because you're limited. 
You're finite. From dust you've come to dust you return, the Bible says. And you can't handle what I have the ability to handle. And you don't know what I know. And you can either trust in me with all of your heart and lead not to your own understanding, or you go on with your bad self. And I began to realize my issue was me. Was my pride, my arrogance. And I began to break. And just say, oh God, forgive me. And I don't understand this and that, but I have to trust you. When I can't see your hand, I have to trust your heart. When I don't understand, I just have to understand there are some things this side of eternity I don't understand. Paul the Apostle says, it's like looking through stained glass. I see shadows, I see movements, I have moments of clarity, then it's just gone. And I don't know why this happens and that happens. And I don't know what happened here and why this happened. And I don't know why this isn't working out. I don't know why this didn't go together. But this isn't some puzzle. You're not some equation, God. You're not some cosmic ATM that I can put my card in and put my pen in and make my request and just see if it happens. You are God and I'm not. And this is called a walk of faith, which means I have to put my trust and my life in you. And since then... Every time I feel that jealousy, that fairness, that that's not fair coming up, and it usually has a person's name attached to it, and it's not the same person. Sometimes there are people that don't even know me that I know them. I'll just stop out loud. <laughs> I think my kids think I'm crazy, and I just, I'll just pray for them. Oh, God, I just pray you bless so-and-so. Just, you know, just help them, just bless them, and God forgive me because I got issues. Maybe nobody in this room deals with this. Maybe you are totally perfect and you walk on streets of gold. Maybe your feet don't even touch the ground. You're just so perfect. You just float. I do. And here's what I'm saying to you. I want to pray for you today. And I just ask you to take this message. It's going to be online uh, this whole week. Matter of fact, you can download it. Uh, you can get it right off of iTunes. It's free. Just get it. And process it and chew on it. But let God do the work in your heart. Father, I just pray in the name of Jesus that you would just minister to us where we are. Lord, we all, God, we're just, man, we're flesh and blood. And we have good days and we have bad days. And Lord, you understand. Your word says that we don't have a high priest that doesn't sympathize with us. But we have one who understands. God, you were tempted and tried in all manner, just as we are yet without sin. And so I just pray, help us deal with our fairness, quote unquote, jealousy issues. With those moments in life where we say, that's not fair where we feel like somebody else got the iPod and we got the Apple, I just pray, let us at least be honest with you and with ourselves about it and then look to you to give us strength. And I pray for that person, Lord, who, God, quite frankly, they're far away from you. And they've got all the reasons and all the excuses. And maybe to some degree, I've added to the list of excuses and reasons, but there's been a kernel of truth that even though it's not fair, it's the truth, and that you have come to redeem us from the curse, from this quote-unquote fairness mentality, and to set us at liberty if we will but trust in you.
Because there's a way that seems right to us, but your word says the end is death. But if we'll trust in you with all of our heart and we'll lean not to our own understanding, that means our abilities, our ways to manage, our ways to change things. God, that you will guide and that you will direct our paths. And even when things happen that we don't understand, that you've put a period on the end of, that we want to put a question mark there, God, that we refuse and we don't give in to that urge and we just give it to you. Because there are some things this side of eternity, we're just not going to understand. I pray, God, that you would minister to our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen.